Francisco. Thanks for your time today. Good afternoon, Rami, and good afternoon to your listeners. It's good to have you. Day 37 of the lockdown as we go to level four. How have you used this time? Ooh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be brutally honest, in the beginning, obviously, the first couple of weeks, it was actually good to be home because mm. I, I haven't been home in a very, very long time. Home being where? Uh, it's in Cape Town. All right. Uh, yeah, being with the family, uh, the wife and the kids. So, yeah, first first two two weeks into the lockdown, uh, spending time with the family, which was great, uh, doing little house chores mm-hmm. that obviously mm-hmm. needed to be done. But, yeah, after that now, the last three weeks, four weeks, uh, it's been quite tough. Yeah, tough because you're always busy, tough because you want the football season to start, mentally tough, physically tough, or what type of toughness do you you speak of? Uh, A lot, yeah. I think there's obviously the boredom Mm. side of things. (laughs) For me, I usually like doing things. Like I said, I had all the DIY things, and that kept me busy every single day. Are you quite a handyman, coach? Yeah, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> like the kitchen sink needed fixing, like little things like that. Yeah, small little things yeah. that I, I do inside and outside the, the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I have to be busy. I, I'm not someone that can just sit around and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it becomes extremely uh, difficult, you know, and I think the lockdown... It's, it feels more a little bit like uh, going to prison, to be brutally honest. Mm, mm. You need that prison break. And so what do you do in order to free your mind so that you aren't frustrated? Is it chatting to, I guess, fellow coaches or the players that brings a bit of relief? What do you do? No. So a lot of times, actually, what I what I end up doing, like I said to you before, I do all the DIY chores. I walk, walk around, I clean the house, I help the wife with the dishes, I help <laughs> the wife with the mopping and cleaning floors, et cetera, et cetera. So we've done quite a bit of spring cleaning. But then obviously also there's a lot of um, agents that send me clips, video clips on players uh, that I obviously sit and I look and I watch Mm -hmm. uh, potential players that we could be looking at signing for for the following season. Um, I obviously keep in contact with the assistant coach. I keep in contact with the chairman just to find out exactly if there's been any new developments from the PSL side in mm-hmm. terms of when we, we're looking to, to restart. So I'll have conversations with the chairman. I'll have conversations with the conditioning coach because during this whole period, we've obviously had to keep the players uh, busy yeah. uh, in terms of conditioning, which has been extremely tough. But I, I have to take my hat off to our conditioning coach, Berger. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal sending them videos of himself performing a lot of the exercises, <laughs> uh, just trying to give them examples and using a lot of things that he finds around around his house and yeah. that he's obviously hoping that uh, the players can utilize themselves, you know. So I think, you know, that's been a very, very tough task, keeping the players uh, ticking over and trying to keep their, their conditioning where it needs to be in mm-hmm. case the league does restart. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been a lot of that. Uh, my son, my eldest son, I've been playing PlayStation with him, which is something I haven't done in years mm-hmm. and years and years and years. Mm. 
So I've been playing PlayStation as well, <laughs> trying amazing. to keep myself occupied. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I guess home, being home and especially being a coach and in the type of work that you do, not being stationary for too long must be a blessing in disguise when it comes to the family front. But on the work front, not so much because you're used to that busyness, as you said. What has Maritzburg done? Because I'm just taking a look at the season that was and then we had this lockdown I mean, doing phenomenally well. And yes, there is now a glitch in the system and, and a break in momentum. But how is you as coach? I mean, the conditioning um, a coach comes in helps um, in, in that aspect. But how have you as coach had a say in terms of what the players are doing, how they should do it? Do you find you're still playing the coach role, father figure role with the players? I think you're always going to be playing that father figure role. I think, you know, the game has evolved quite a lot. We, we're no, no longer just coaches of the players. We're seen as father figures. and um, We've got to give them a lot of uh, personal advice. I think we get to know the players a lot more than what coaches knew of us, especially my, my generation mm-hmm. and, and generations before me. Mm-hmm. I think it was more about... Uh, listening to the coach and coach's word is is, is final and there's yeah. no questioning the coach. Uh, I think that has changed. Uh, mm. You know, I think I even see it with my own kids. My own kids question me <laughs> <laughs> more than what uh, I was able to question. You know, my my parents. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's just the way people have evolved. And mm. as obviously as coaches, we've had to evolve as well. And I think that has been a very very important factor for my evolution as a coach is the fact that I've I've managed to evolve and and players tend to appreciate the fact that I only not only uh see them as footballers but I, I see them as a uh, human beings. Mm, and, mm. You know, what's been very, very good we've uh, on a couple of occasions we've gone through we've connected on Zoom one of these uh yeah. Um, chats with all the players and, and having a bit of a laugh and a, a bit of a giggle, mm. um, which is uh, that type of atmosphere that we've created at Maritzburg has been quite exceptional. Yeah, know? yeah. I'm going to pay the bills, Coach. Please hold the line because when we come back, we talk about that atmosphere and the evolution and why is it that Maritzburg is that force to be reckoned with?
SBC3 invites you to tune in Monday and Tuesday evenings at 9.30pm for the mini-series Mother, Father, Son. The psycho-thriller is set within systems of power in politics, media and the police. All the drama revolves around a family that is pulled together under catastrophic circumstances, starring Richard Gere. Remember, Mondays and Tuesdays, 9.30pm, only on SABC3. The stage is yours. 15.40 it is right here on the Touchline and I am in conversation with our MVP. It is the coach of Maritzburg United, Coach Eric Tinkler. And we were talking before I took the break on the evolution, him as a person. Um, I mean, his kids ask him questions more so than he did uh, when he grew up uh, asking questions to his parents. Uh, Coach, this evolution that you speak of, um, is it the reason for the way we now see Maritzburg United and wonder what is happening behind closed doors? Yeah, I think so. Ultimately, I think you know when I arrived at the club, things weren't weren't great. They were they were heading for relegation. They were in quite a, a dire situation. Um, but when I came in, I think what I made everybody aware that we all have to take responsibility. That the responsibility not only falls on my shoulders, it mm. falls on everybody's shoulders. That goes from the chairman all the way down to to the kit manager Uh, and in particular the the players themselves and I think that was very very important making the players aware that I was there to obviously guide them and give them direction but at the same time uh, they need to take responsibility and in order to ask me questions then you need to take those responsibilities if you understand what I'm saying Mm. you know you can't be just asking me questions and not taking the responsibility for the losses You know, you can ask the questions, but then taking responsibility for the losses becomes very, very important. And Mm. I think the players appreciated that because they saw me as someone who was approachable, uh, someone that they could talk to. But but I think it's also the fact that, you know, I I, I treated them like like men as grown-ups, you know. Um, And I think that that was key. And and I think the atmosphere that we created, obviously, uh, at training was very, very important. Mm. And and that ended up saving us because we we created this this team atmosphere, and I think that that was very very important. Mm. We had a few players in our squad that uh, exceptional individuals, uh, but we had to make them aware that this was not about them. This is not about them. This is about the team. This is about the club surviving. And uh, if the club survives, everybody benefits. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's what we got out of it. And then you know, moving into the new season, uh, it then became important the fact that we had a pre-season. I think that was important. Yes, it was a short pre-season because we had to go and play in the playoffs. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we didn't look to try and sign any big, big names. I think that, that was one very important aspect. We we looked at the, the market. We saw certain players that we believed could come and, come and help us. Uh, some players whose careers were actually going in the wrong direction. And, and we've, we brought those players in, hoping that they would want to resurrect and that mm. they would want to achieve and, and that they would want to... Uh, participate in what we're trying to to rebuild to do, at, yeah. at Maritzburg, yeah, and yeah. and those players done that. To be brutally honest, I, you know, I think we were quite clever with some of the signings that that we that we made, and and we were quite fortunate to, mm. in uh, in the same breath, you know. Mm. But that's that's the game. I think you know today the the demands are extremely high. 
the pressure is very, very high. Everybody expects you to win week in, week out. Uh, so I think that that unity within the squad uh, is extremely important. Yeah. That we all understand that you know there's there's one objective we want to win, we want to achieve, but we're going to do that as a team, not as individuals. Uh, and I think the players have have grasped that and mm. have understood that. Mm. They they understand my my mentality, my work ethic in training. I I expect high intensity in the exercises that we do because you train the way you play. If you don't train uh, properly, then you can't expect to to perform well. Mm, mm. Uh, and and you know I think the players understood that. And then making the training sessions obviously interesting. Yeah. Uh, that it's you continuously learning every time you come in. I try not to uh, be too repetitive in, in exercises, but certain exercises have to be repetitive because you try. Because practice to, makes perfect? Yeah, but I think it's with that repetition, uh, people get to understand and know each other a lot better. It's like I said, you know, when, you, when you're going for your driver's license in the beginning, learning how to change from first gear to second gear to third gear is all very, very difficult. Understanding <laughs> when to push the brake pedal, when mm, to push the mm. clutch, all of that is difficult. But then eventually, with time, Second because nature. it is repetitive, uh, it becomes mechanical and, and you start doing it without thinking. And yeah. that's what you're also trying to create in a, in a team environment. Coach, do you look at, and I mean, you've coached a number of clubs, uh, when it is that you do get an offer, do you look at the club and think, how do I fit in here? Is this a perfect match? Because it's a relationship at the end of the day. Do you look at that? What do we have in common? I mean, morals, values, or is it really, you know what, I might as well go there as I don't want to be sitting out in the cold for now. How do you decide where you're going and the impact that you're going to have or do you like to, um, you know, join a club where they are at, I guess, their lowest and be a part of that rebuilding structure? Yeah, I think it's it's difficult. I think you, or I can just refer to my refer to myself, to be brutally honest. Um, you know, I spent many, many years, obviously, as an assistant coach, and it took quite a while before I got my first uh, head coaching role. And uh, Obviously, that role ended up being at Orlando, Orlando Pirates, mm-hmm. and you know I was extremely grateful for what the, the chairman uh, by giving me that that opportunity. You know, and my second job offer, which was Cape Town City, was the same day that uh, I left Orlando Pirates. I had mm-hmm. a meeting with John Committees, and and yeah, was an opportunity to to build something from scratch. Yeah. And I think that was something that obviously. Uh, inspired me to to want to go there and, and achieve something, because I go back to 2008 when I was at uh, Bitvesvet. Uh, I started the Bitvesvet Football Academy, and that was also building something from scratch and wanting to see it grow. Mm. And you know, so moving to Cape Town City and, and starting from from really 11 players is all we had, and, and building that squad and then seeing how successful we we became over the, the season, uh, you know, that was extremely fulfilling. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, I got an offer to, to Supersport, which, to be brutally honest, was financial decision because the, the offer was extremely good. 
Uh, extremely good football club. Um, <clears throat> quite a successful football club over the past uh, decade. And yeah, it was an opportunity for me again, not only because of the financial side, but uh, look to try and achieve something further mm-hmm. in terms of uh, CAF competitions. Uh, you know, looking to, to better myself as a coach uh, across the African continent. Mm. And I think that's what attracted me also to go to Supersport was the fact that I, I could be involved in that CAF competitions. And probably wrong decision, you know, probably. I can look back now and say it's probably the wrong decision because uh, this was a, a team that had already been extremely successful Difficult for me to come in because immediately we, the season was, uh, there was no pre-season. We had the cap competition, we had the league restarting. And for me to come in and change things and try and implement my ways, players might not accept that or want to accept that because why do we want to change things if we've been su- successful with under under the previous coach? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think probably that was, was the difficulty. And then obviously yeah, after that, uh, opportunity to go to Chipta, things that don't work out there, and then then the opportunity to go to Maritzburg. And, yeah. You know, Maritzburg, to be brutally honest, the first time I was called, I, I said no, because I looked at the points. Mm. I looked at the points that the, the team had and, and the gains that they had left, and I thought, well, that's going to be extremely difficult to save to save them. And, and But then I looked at the squad, I uh, watched a few games and I said, no, but I think there's a lot of talent here. There's, there is ability. Let's let's rather give it a go and see see if we can turn things around. And, and we managed to do that, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think that was also important for me as in, in terms of my career. If ever there was questions about, oh, could the coach save a team from relegation? Well, I've done that. I've achieved that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. you, you've, you've definitely done that. Oh, wait, nine double one zero two thousand. That is a hotline number. If it is that you want to ask Coach Tinkler a question, zero six zero five eight four double two five zero. Coach, I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we have a question from one of our listeners. This is all, all three are from the PT. Um, 
few questions for the coach, but firstly, uh, congratulations uh, to the coach on what he has done for, for Marisbeck. Uh, you all know what happened to Marisbeck in the last two years or two seasons, and this season they have been great. Um, in fact, they have caused me uh, almost a heart attack um, when they were playing against us, which is Kaiser Chiefs. Um, so congratulations to him. Very good football. Um, and I think his players um the fittest uh, in the um, in the PSL. Um a question, um does does you think the season should be finished or Nylon Void or Crown Kaiser Chiefs um the champion? Obviously I want Chiefs to be the champion. Um, as I am a Chiefs fan. Secondly, um, what does he think that his team, which is what expect, needs to improve? Um, thirdly, um, which which players do you want um, now, currently? Um, thirdly, um, what does he think of, 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 of players who are not playing Players like Abu Mohamed, um, Chief, Sabon Changase, Pirates, Abu Mlando, and, and so on and so on. Does, does you think those, including in his club, does he think those players should move or try and, 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 and fight it out? You, you see? Um, Thank you so much there. And if it is that you want to ask a coach a question, 089-110-2000. Coach, I hope you got the questions. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I think um, obviously um, the the question around whether the league should continue or mm. not is an extremely difficult one, to be brutally honest. I think what we are seeing around the world right now is we saw what happened in France where they obviously abandoned the league. Uh, Holland, Germany, there's quite a few countries that have looked to abandon the league. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my gut and my heart tells me that you know fair play should should reign, and in order for for fair play to exist, the league needs to be completed, um, and that's what I would love to see. Could we still do that right now? Potentially, we could. We could still complete the the league, but yeah. there's you know uh, there's a lot of difficulties uh, behind that. In the how, I guess. How do we yes, do it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think once we, we, we try and get down to probably uh, level three, uh, there's the possibility where we could look to play these games behind closed doors, try and come to one specific city, uh, all the teams. Mm. and uh, What is the game without the 12th man, though, coach? No, I understand that. But, but the harsh reality is to keep everybody very, very happy at the end of the day. If the the league has to be abandoned, uh, you're going to have some very, very unhappy people, to be brutally honest. Clubs, uh, you look at, let's use Mamelodi Sundowns as an example. They're only three points or four points behind Mm -hmm. Kaiser Chiefs Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, They've got a game in hand. They've still got to play against Kaiser Chiefs, which potentially they could... They could beat them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so rather let it go ahead. Rather let it go ahead, as opposed to not going ahead at all. 
I, I think so. You know, that's that's my humble opinion. And then obviously there's other there's other factors. There's the financial factor behind it. Uh, the teams that are getting potentially get relegated. The teams uh, that potentially come up. You know, there's there's a lot of factors that 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 are are, are in play here. But I think, to be brutally honest, uh, it's going to be extremely difficult for us to to achieve that 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 I'm wishing or hoping for. Yeah. I think it's going to be extremely difficult, and and even the following season, I think, is going to be extremely difficult. You know, I think what what one thing I've learned during this period is that. This is going to be around for at least another sixteen to eighteen months. You know, mm, so mm. it's not only going to affect uh, this current season, but it's going to affect the following season. season, definitely. And obviously, it's going to affect the livelihood of, of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Make no mistake. His second question there is the players that you want. Yeah, there's a there's a number of uh, <clears throat> like I said to you. I, I spend a lot of time, practically the whole season. I'm, I'm watching videos on players or I've received videos on players uh, I've received reports on players NFD uh, and obviously I keep my eye on that and then from there we, we we create a small little wish list which obviously I then hand over to, to my chairman <laughs> um, and and I hand that, that wish list to my chairman there's, there's obviously a few players I prefer does he, ma- does he wave his magic wand and go granted Eric no, oh. unfortunately, it's not as easy as that, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially when some foreign players, you know, there's obviously the negotiations that need to, to happen, whether the, the player uh, is prepared to come for a particular amount of money. Mm. And I think this is what's key, because I'm going to answer the other question where around those Mlambo and all the and all of them, Mahomi and them not playing. I said, you know, the harsh reality is... Uh, those players end up going to big clubs like Orlando Pirates, Mamelodi Sundowns, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, to earn the big salaries. Uh, they're looking to try and provide for themselves and obviously also provide for their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to get those salaries if they come to Maritzburg United. That's yeah. just a harsh fact. That's that. That's just the, the harsh reality. You've, we've got to understand that, you know, to compete against the likes of Orlando Pirates, Kaiser Chiefs, Mamelodi Sundowns, Bidvestbet, Supersport United. Uh, there's a, f- a few clubs that are, are, are quite wealthy clubs, pay very, very high salaries, mm-hmm. uh, good salaries. Um, you know, smaller clubs struggle. And, and when they look to try and compete in that, in that sphere, that's when those clubs find themselves getting into trouble. Yeah. Because, you know, now they're starting to spend money that they really don't have. Um, and, you know, it's a difficult one. You know, you, I see it so many players that end up going to the, the bigger clubs and, and obviously the attraction is, is financial, yeah. which ultimately is a decision that everybody everybody would make that, that, that decision because you're looking for the, the future of yourself and the future of your family. Mm, mm. Um, but is it the right decision? Probably not for some. Yeah. Yeah. Because some simply won't be able to actually get into the starting eleven. Uh, some of them don't realise how hard they've actually got to work in order to get into that starting eleven. Mm. Uh, some get the contract and then become complacent and then happy with the fact that well I'm, I'm making the big salary, so now I can 
I can sit back and relax. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so there's an, a number of factors that that lead to those players performing or not performing. Obviously, once they they move to those bigger clubs, you know. Mm-hmm. Our lines are going crazy, coach. Let's go to Dundee, where Anela is standing by. You're live on the air, Anela. Go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, Roman. Good afternoon to Coach Tinkler. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you uh, so much for the opportunity, uh, Romy. I just want to tap on something, and then I have one question to uh, Coach Tinkler. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay, Eric Tinkler, uh, Coach, uh, I'm, I'm a Kevichin fan, and uh, man, you, you totally tortured us this season, and it, it's not a nice thing. But <laughs> congratulations on your achievements at Marisburg from taking off them off uh, from the relegation zone until position five uh, in the league this season. You've done a tremendous job. Even your profile to speak uh, volumes, especially from Orlando Pirates and Cape Town City. I think you're doing a good job. So, Thank you very much. Well, one question I have for you, Coach, is would you possibly consider uh, assisting Bafana Bafana in the near future, talking in the next two to three years? But if you're willing, I think you'll have all our support because we've seen the work that you've done and the diligence that you tried to put out on the players that uh, you coach at that time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anela. We're going to take the next one out in the free state. It is King, and then I'll give you the floor uh, to answer those questions, Coach. No uh, King, you're live on the air. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. First of all, let me thank the coach for turning a team with a small budget into a competitive team. Considering that the God is just a sinking ship and it's transformed it today to a, a team that is competitive. The question I want to ask the coach is that uh, what does he think the South Africans lack or the South African players lack you know, so they can be competitive and even manage to play in overseas. Thank you so much, King. Okay. Could think, st- let's start with the Nele's one out in uh, in Dundee. He's asking uh, Bafana Bafana. Yeah, I think every coach would love to to coach Bafana Bafana, and and obviously my aspirations one day would would also be to to achieve that. Um, but there are still certain things in my career as, as a as a coach, uh, club coach, that I would like to try and achieve. As I said, I would like to try and achieve things in in CAF. I've been involved in CAF. I've reached uh, a few finals. I'd like to go all the way and win those finals. Um, you know, and, and and the league title. The league title is obviously something that I would I would like to achieve mm-hmm. first and foremost. So that when I do get the the head coaching job of a, of a national team, you know, people are not going to question me in terms of my credentials, you know, and I think that that becomes very, very important. I want to be able to, when I take that job, that I have all the credentials and that no one can question the fact that, oh, but he's never won a league title, oh, but he's never been involved in CAF. Mm-hmm. I think that becomes very, very important, you know, that, that, that I try and achieve those things first and foremost. But, you know, it would be a huge privilege, obviously, for me to one day coach uh, Bafana Bafana. Uh, if we go out to King, what do South African players lack? Um, I guess here at home and also for them to be able to go overseas and play there successfully. So I think, you know, we're going back now and talking about Bafana Bafana again, truth be told, because ultimately if we have to go, rewind the clock all the way back to 1994, um, <clears throat> we, we came out of the wilderness back then. And, and you know, football we were playing again uh, um, across the African continent. Um, yet, South African players were not being recognised. Why? Because our ranking as a as a country was was very very low. Then, come 1996, uh, we won the the Afcon, 
and we become a household name. A lot of players uh, from that period on, not only the guys that actually played in that uh, AFCON in 1996 got opportunities to go play overseas, but many other players mm. that actually didn't participate in that 1996 squad. The, the eye or the focus was, was on South Africa. Uh, why? Because of our ranking. You know, we played against Germany, we played against Brazil, we played against Argentina, we played against Holland. And uh, I think we got our ranking, our FIFA ranking, to 16th. Wow. Uh, in the world. Mm. And I think where we're sitting now, 83rd or something. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the most important factor right now is that our national team needs to be winning again. I don't think. You know, people give a lot of credit. We like to give credit to the PSL, and rightfully so. The PSL is probably one of the, the most organized and structured leagues in in the world. Mm. But is it the most recognized by scouts around the world, especially in Europe? No, unfortunately. And why? Because our national team is not performing at the highest level. Uh, that's just the, the, the harsh reality. Mm. Um, you know, the ones who been looking to fly the flag for us of late has obviously been Mamelodi Sundowns, which is absolutely fantastic. But obviously we want to see more than just Sundowns winning, you know, the the Champions League. We wanna we wanna see our national team qualifying for the AFCON and going on to win the AFCON and that way we'll start seeing more players uh getting the opportunities to, to go play in in Europe because yeah. we do have talent uh in South Africa. We've had examples of certain players going over there, um, um, not lasting very long after six months looking mm. to come back. But, you know, it's difficult for me to, to comment on that. What are the reasons behind that? Uh, to be brutally honest, I'm not 100% sure. I went when I was 19, 20 years old overseas, and it took me three years going through all the various levels to, mm. to try and get myself into the Portuguese Premier League and then get get my debut, you know, that that took another half a season before mm-hmm. I actually got my first call-up uh, to the starting lineup, you know. And then it's tough, it's hard. But, but you know, the, it's difficult for me to comment why, why a lot of the why players... Why exactly, uh, yeah. I guess pinpointed. Um, like you said, it's... Um, it's not easy when you leave on the other side. And I think there's a perfect word in Afrikaans called dear settings for more, <laughs> which is my favorite Afrikaans word, because yes. you really have to stick by your guns in order to see yourself through uh, to the other side. Coach, I often have FOMO watching on a Friday, Harry Gwala, and not being able to beam live there, uh, especially when Maritzburg is playing, because the atmosphere is just, it's electric, man. It's like I feel it through my television set. What is the secret to making Friday football night so fashionable? I think first and foremost, a lot of credit needs to obviously be given to our our chairman, Mr. Gadodia. Um, literally, <laughs> he allows everybody to come in for free. Wow. Um, so, so I think that's that's the first person who needs to take a lot of credit, and then obviously the Maritzburg, uh, the Maritzburg people, the Maritzburg fans. Mm. You know, they they are, are true fans because, you know, what you see now is what, what I had when I joined the club when they were laying rock bottom. Mm. 
you know, my first game at home in charge, we had a full stadium, exactly the same. And, and that atmosphere has always, exist, always existed at Maritzburg. The fans are absolutely fantastic. The only other fans that I know that are fairly similar to them is, is obviously the Celtic uh, mm. uh, fans. Mm. Um, you know, so the Maritzburg fans, are, you know, they're definitely the 12th man uh, for the club and for the for the players. And they've been absolutely outstanding supporting the, the team through thick and thin. And, you know, you wish you could see that more <laughs> more with some yeah. of the, the bigger clubs in, mm. in, the, in the country. Yeah, it is. You know, I think it's a harsh reality is that everybody, yes, we like I said before, everybody wants to win. But, you know, it's, it's a game where there's got to be a winner and there's got to be a loser, mm. you know, and that's mm. just the harsh reality. So, you know, we've got to take the winning with the losing. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see the firm fan base as well. I mean, it really is a marvel. And I just think it adds a different excitement sort of, you know, to the game to have those stands filled to the rafters. You said earlier, Coach, you didn't really go to the market, sign big name players, you know, even though this team really has come together, it it's going like a well-oiled machine. But then I name players like Dylan Clarkson, Keegan Buchanan, Tabiso Kutumela. What... What is being done differently, or is is there a magic that you have for the resurgence of these players to believe in themselves and play the way that they are at the moment? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I think going talking about Kutumela, you know, Kutumela was a boy that uh, <laughs> went to Orlando Pirates. A lot of expectations were they were extremely high on him, and 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 he just simply didn't. Didn't fulfil that expectation, and and you know came to to Maritzburg. Uh, to be brutally honest, at the beginning of the season, I I was considering looking to loan him out. Um, but then I sat with him. We had a chat. He himself recognised that there were areas of his game and his uh, live, you know, um, his livelihood off the field uh, behaviour that needed to change. And, and and he done that, and mm. I think you know deserves the fact that he you know he recently got called up to the the national team again, mm. you know, and I think it it just shows you you know if you can change your mindset, change your attitude, uh, in space of six months, you know, six well, let's talk about eight months now, mm. eight nine months ago he was trying to avoid relegation, and uh, now he's back in the Bafana Bafana fault, you know. Mm. That's how quick your your life can change in in the game of football, uh, just by changing your mindset and your attitude. Similar mm. scenario when it comes to Dalen Clarsen, you know, Dalen, fantastic footballer, uh, came back or played in Europe, came back, struggled at Wits. Uh, yeah, I saw the, the he has certain a bit strengths that I think is important in terms of how we want to play and how I want us to play. And and he brought that that to us and, and give him a little bit of freedom to express himself and, and he goes out and he starts playing the game that we know he's capable of playing and, yeah. and he does it with a lot of enjoyment and he's enjoying his football again. I think when he joined the club at the beginning of the season, I'd I even said to my chairman, I think, you know, right now, I don't think he's really enjoying. I think he, the fact that he left Europe, for him, this is now, you know, uh, time is ticking away and, and um, I'm earning a salary. Yeah. 
but but he's changed that. He's he's working extremely hard. He wants to play. He wants to score goals. He wants to contribute, and and that's absolutely fantastic. And then Keegan, you know, Keegan, just the ACLs, the ACLs operations, two seasons without playing, uh, three different clubs in the two seasons. Uh, similar scenario. Not sure if he fits in how I want our team to play. He's somebody who likes to uh, dwell on the ball. He likes to uh, show his uh, his uh, technical ability on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't really fit into my style. Uh, but he buckled down. He worked hard. I told him what he needed to do in order to play in my team, and, and he done it. And, you know, the fact, again, I give credit to my conditioning coach, you know, mm. three ACLs. Gee, I think he's played, what is that? I think he's played something like 18 or 19 consecutive games. Wow. Which is something he's, he's he never done uh, in his career. So, mm. you know, absolutely fantastic for what, what these players have, have done. But like I said, these are players, they're not... They're not big-headed players. They 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 players with huge potential. They are players that have had highs and lows in their in their careers, and and yeah, it was an opportunity for them to to try and resurrect, and 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 they've done that. And yeah. you know, it's pretty similar to what I experienced when I was at Cape Town City. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Just very quickly going to Twitter, Naledzani Paolo is saying, Tinkler's a legend in the making after what looked like an unsuccessful stint at Supersport United. He didn't succumb to criticism leveled against him. Instead, he continued to stamp his authority in the PSL and it's so difficult to beat Maritzburg United. Would you say, Coach, you... I mean, I do know that the... The job of a coach is, is a tough one. Would you say you, you've played it fairly, you've played it honestly, and that you wear your heart on your sleeve? I try, to be brutally honest. I think, you know, one thing many people that know me will tell you that I, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I'm extremely loyal. <laughs> uh, and... I think that that for me, if I if if I remain like that, which which I don't see myself ever changing, uh, I'm a workaholic. I give everything that I have, and and it allows me to sleep well. Mm. You know, whether we win or lose, I go home and I sleep well because I know that I've I've done everything that I possibly can. You know, uh, and if we don't win football matches, then you know, so be it. That's that's. Uh, that's just part and parcel of of, of the game. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it started it like that at the beginning of the season. You know, we went five games. We we accumulated five games, two points. You know, mm. that's simply not good enough, and and uh, that puts immediate pressure on me as the coach, and obviously puts a lot of pressure. What a lot of people don't understand is the pressure that it puts on the players mm. Mm. Uh, themselves, and uh, you know, but. You know, we worked through that, and I think the players have seen that. Even when we had that situation where we only had two points after five games, it didn't change who I was. It didn't change the way I, I coached. Mm. Came in every day, done exactly the same things that I normally do every single day, and and I think that's what the players admired was the fact that the coach is not panicking, so there's no need for us to panic. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go ahead and do what we need to do, and. and 
And then, yeah, sometimes it works out. The Portuguese have a great word. They call it chicotada uh, psicologica. So mm-hmm. when a coach gets fired in in Portugal, they don't say he gets fired. They say there's been a psychological whipping <laughs> at whatever football club, which is which is it's a, so a true. Fact. Yeah, it's a it's a fact. It's a beautiful way of it. Because unfortunately, the one who has to go is the coach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whether the team is playing well or not, it's always the coach's fault uh, at at the end of the day. Coach, you already said what you're hoping would happen, you know, just your personal opinion in terms of the league, um, hoping that it does, you know, see itself through to the end with the rightful uh, champion being crowned kings of the PSL. What would you say in closing? Um, Your fondest, I guess, memory? I don't want to say memory because we're still in a lockdown, but what has been your happiest moment in this lockdown, uh, being at home and not living out of a suitcase. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, the, was the other day I'm sitting in in my house and uh, one of my friends, Kevin Moody, who we played together at Wits back in 1987, 88. Mm-hmm. And he sent, he sent me a message saying, switch over to channel 191. <laughs> and I was... Why? And no, quickly switch over to Channel 191. SABC I switched one. over. And uh, there was an old game, Vitz versus Kaiser Chiefs in the uh, BP Top 8. And that was, I was 18 years old. And seeing myself uh, at that age, uh, <laughs> basically my son, my eldest son, I called him, I said, come look here. Look what your dad looked like when he was your age. And so watching that was, was something quite special, to to be to be brutally honest. Mm. You know, I think that was probably the thing I've, I've most enjoyed <laughs> during the the lockdown is seeing myself looking very very young again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that must have been a, a, quite something. <laughs> something that the coronavirus has afforded us as well as this lockdown. Coach, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Thank you for your time and for sharing it with us here on Radio Two Thousand. Thank you very much. More than welcome. Coach Eric Tinkler there just sprinkling some of his Tinkler magic here with us and talking about Maritzburg United from where they are to where they are now and the hard work that goes in behind the scenes. I mean, a coach who has uh, many a time when I interview him feel like he has worn his heart on his sleeve game after game. And there's no denying that when the team loses, you can see it in his eyes and you can hear it in his voice. But remarkable. I mean, I talk about that Tinkler magic and it is happening out at Harry Gwala Stadium. I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about wanting to be in the midst of all that action and also the players whom he mentions. I mean, the, the Buchanans, the Kutumelas, the Mosiamedis who have come to the party and done exactly what it is that he has asked of them. I'm interested to see what is on his wish list because he talks of players outside of the country, you know, wanting to bring them into the fold and into that magical movement that is Maritzburg United. A big thank you to everybody who sent through their comments, um, your messages as well. I see you on Twitter and obviously we couldn't get to every single question that came through on our WhatsApp line but if it is that you want to send Cheryl Boyer some message or Dane Clay do it now 60